Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. Listen, wherever you're at in the nations, we thank the Lord that we get to gather every Thursday for this podcast right here. Hallelujah. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to bring the word to you. That's what he told us. He said, get the word out. Don't seek to get your name out there. Seek to get the word out there. And so I want you to join me and our team as we believe weekly that this podcast gets to the right hearers. We've been in 155 nations, and we're believing to get all over the world. I'm telling you, there's people that need the word in season, and we just want to be a part of that. And if the Lord would use us in that way, it would be such an honor to serve the Lord um, like this. It is an honor to serve him in this capacity. And listen, friends, if you know somebody that, uh, you know, if you've checked out the podcast, you've listened to some episodes, maybe you've got a favorite, and you're thinking of somebody that would really be, be blessed and the way that they could get a hold of it uh, would be on CD. Well, we're producing CDs just for that purpose so we can mail it to some folks. So if you want to reach out to us, send us an email, hello at gracecitychurch.tv. If they're in the United States, we'll send it to them. Post pay, uh, yeah, postage paid, no charge. Hallelujah. It can't be a deal like that. Anyways, this one right here is called the submission of faith. Faith requires a submission because it yields. Faith cometh by hearing, and so you're yielding to the word of the Lord. You're submitting to the word of the Lord. Faith rises up in your heart. That's an excellent uh, teaching right there. And so if you know somebody that would like that, again, send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv, and we'll get it out to them at no charge. Hey, I want to invite you to participate with us in a project that we're working on, and uh, we're just simply calling it the Studio Project. And we have a building on our property that the Lord has highlighted for us to remodel. And uh, in that facility, we can fit three studio sets. One of them is like a sit-down interview style. One is an increase to the podcast. If you're watching us right now on YouTube or Facebook, you can see our uh, podcast studio. It's quite simple, but we can expand it just a little bit and fit that in our new facility. And then the last set in this new facility will be what we call Equippers Academy and Equippers University. It's where we can produce content, teaching style, uh, to help uh, new believers, all the way from basics, all the way up to like university-level concepts in the Word of God. Hallelujah. So I invite you to participate in that project. Will you help us fulfill that vision? If you'd like to participate, you can go to our website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give, select the drop-down menu, click on Studio Project, and we thank you in advance for your generous support of that project. Hallelujah, somebody. It's going to be awesome. And uh, part of our vision is uh, in phase two, which is the equipment phase, is to get the equipment necessary to be able to produce content that would be able to go on TV. There's some technical requirements. We'll meet the minimum specs. And should the Lord lead us, all of our material will be uh, in the format needed to go on television or satellite TV. Hallelujah. Wow, that's awesome to even think about. And so uh, you're a part of that. All right, let's jump into the podcast today. I want to talk about the vengeance of the Lord. The vengeance of the Lord. Now, I realize that this is probably a 
topic or a concept that's not discussed very often, and there's probably a lot of confusion that surrounds even the word vengeance. <laughs> and so let's talk about this a little bit here. Um, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30, it says this, it says, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine. Wow. That's in the New Testament, by the way. And uh, he says, vengeance is mine. The Amplified adds this thought, retribution and the meeting out of full justice rests with me. That's what the Lord says. He said, retribution, vengeance, and the meeting out of full justice rests with me. Hebrews 10.30 goes on to say, I will repay. I will exact the compensation, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge, determine, solve, and settle the cause and cases of his people. Wow. I'm telling you, friends, that is strong language right there. And this is, uh, for some reason, an overlooked, somewhat overlooked passage in the New Testament. And I think it's because we get a little confused when we talk about the law of love, and then we uh, talk about judging or judgment, and you know, there's tons of people uh, that have this perspective that we can't do any kind of judgment at all, any kind of judging at all. And then when you bring in the concept or the idea of vengeance or recompense or compensation or justice, it gets a little bit confused on what we do or we do not do. Like, what are we allowed to do? What are we to stay away from? And sometimes it seems like that uh, the big swath overview of the New Testament is that we're to not do anything and have no expectation or uh, anticipation of any kind of justice. We just kind of get beat on, and we're just to turn the other cheek and get beat on some more. And uh, so we're going to jump into this and see if we can sort a little bit of this out. Romans twelve nineteen it says, Dear friends, watch this, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, the Living Bible says. I think that's right there. That's probably starting to help us get a clue here on what our place is. And it says this, for he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. Don't take the law into your own hands. That's Romans 12, 19 from the Living Bible. And if you break that out a little bit and uh, look into... Uh, the scriptures and the concepts and the context that surrounds some of these verses, we find out something here that God is very interested in uh, making sure that his people have the due justice or the justice that is due them. But he adds this. He says, don't avenge yourself, meaning if somebody does you wrong, don't take it into your own hands to try and repay. In fact, we find out from the Bible that when we take justice into our own hands, we allow that hatred or that animosity or that bitterness or frustration or even unforgiveness or, you know, this sense of uh, vigilante justice. When we allow that to run away in our thinking and in our imagination, and we feel like no one is looking into this, we feel totally um, like we're vulnerable, that nobody's going to take up our case for us, and so we need to act on this ourselves. When we do that, the Bible reveals to us that in a sense, we tie God's hands. When we take uh, justice into our own hands, then we limit him from actually getting involved in our situation. And this is where this verse in Romans 12 says, don't avenge yourselves. Don't, 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 don't take the law into your own hands. Leave that to God. And he, he's reminding us, he said, that he told us he would repay. We have to trust him. 
Let him work this situation out. Listen, if you try and do something in your own hands, you're going to wind up in trouble yourself. And you may actually circumvent the process that God could uh, enact or get involved in on your your behalf and in your situation. You could totally screw that up by taking matters into your own hands. Listen, our job is to love. He said that's the main command in the New Testament. And loving somebody doesn't mean that you have turned the situation over to the Lord. Loving them says, look, I'm going to release you, naturally speaking. I'm going to release you from the situation, which enables God to take the case up for me. And I'm telling you, God is the uh, better person to sort through situations, trials, circumstances, injustices, things that have been you know, done, uh, perpetrated to you. Listen, he's the better one to sort through this because he is just, he is accurate, he is righteous, and he's not moved by all the emotions like you and I are. The New King James says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. Give place to wrath. Listen, God is not happy when his people are treated unjustly. He's not happy about that. Uh, It grieves him. And he's looking to move in justice. One revelation we have of him is he is the righteous judge. He's the judge of all things. Everything, absolutely everything comes before him. But listen, if you get involved in your flesh and in your anger and in your bitterness and in your sense of justice, again, this vigilante, like in your wrath, in your natural wrath, if you get involved in a situation and you try and, and return uh, you know, an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. Listen, you could very well be hindering the Lord from enacting justice on your behalf. He, This is how he set it up. He said, I want you to forgive them. I want you to stay in love. And if and when you do that, what it does is it opens up the doorway for the Lord to come in and utilize heaven's judicial system to enact justice in this situation. Young's literal says, do not avenge yourselves, but give place to the wrath, for it has been written, vengeance is mine. I actually kind of like that word wrath, because uh, wrath is connected with the, um, the idea of judgment. And God, it, it is very clear that God will uh, pour out his wrath on certain situations or in certain situations. We know that like the tribulation period, which is uh, coming soon, hallelujah, we're closer now to that seven-year period of judgment on the face of the earth than we've ever been, Uh, that that is wrath. The Bible says that the righteous are not appointed to wrath. They're shielded from wrath. They're protected from wrath. They're delivered from wrath. But wrath is connected with that judgment. Tribulation is a judgment, and the wrath of the Lord will be demonstrated upon who? People that have pursued unrighteousness, that have pursued evil, that have done unjustly in his sight. They have broken the law. Justice is coming. There is a wrath that's going to be poured out upon them. And I like this word wrath because some people do some really nasty stuff. I mean, there's cheating, lying, stealing. Uh, I, you know, there's, there's false scales. What is it? Proverbs 10, Proverbs 11, that uh, false weights is an abomination to the Lord. What is false weights? It means cheating people, it means uh, lying to them about deals, you know, 
you know, like false weights. They would use these weights to weigh out certain things. And, you know, maybe it would be a, a pound of this or, you know, a certain amount of weight of this, whether it was precious metals or other items, grains, whatever. Uh, they would they would have a scale and uh, their bartering was based on certain weights. And if, if somebody rigged that scale where they cheated somebody, uh, you know, were, quote, charging more through deceptive means than what this item was worth because, you know, the person thought that the scale was saying this, but the scale was rigged. And so actually, you know, they were having to give more. The Lord said that kind of stuff is an abomination to him. It's an abomination. And, and uh, towards abominations, there is wrath being stored up for these abominations. Judgment. There is justice going to be dealt towards these abominations. And I bring, you know, the unjust scales up to give us an idea here that uh, God's looking into this kind of stuff. Have you ever been cheated on a deal? You ever, you ever been lied to? I mean, I've bought something before and, you know, they made it out like it was this amazing thing. And after I bought it, I found out all the problems that they lied about. I'm telling you, on in one part of me, I'm like, I'm fuming. I'm, I'm furious. Uh, I'm thinking of a situation now, this brother, I mean, straight up, look, look me in the eye, shook my hand, lied to my face, and I trusted him. And then find out later after the deal was settled, you know, after we shook on, on, on everything, that there were all these problems that he lied about. Well, you know, in that particular situation, man, I sat on that. Oh, I was frustrated about that. I mean, it cost me tens of thousands of dollars uh, because this person lied. And I sat on that and I sat on that and I fumed on that. And I was so upset at that. And I'm telling you, I was just getting upset. And uh, man, every time I thought about this guy, I was just getting mad and mad and mad. And I remember one day the Lord brought up in my heart. He said, I want you to forgive this guy. I was like, but God, he cost me tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, I'm having to fix all this stuff now. I mean, he straight up lied. And, you know, and you know, the Lord knew, I mean, the Lord knew I'm sitting here arguing with, with the Lord now. And I'm telling you, the Lord just brought up, he brought up the law of love. He said, I want you to release this guy. I want you to forgive this guy. I want you to let this go. I want you to let this go. And the Lord brought up in my heart, basically, that I was uh, hindering the Lord from getting involved in this situation. I mean, it was obvious that there was lying and deceit and uh, cheating. Okay, fine. But I was hindering the Lord from getting involved in this situation because I would not release it to the Lord. I, I kept it within my hands. I kept it within my heart. I kept it in my mind. I was trying to figure out, how, you know, what, what was I going to do? What was I going to do? I was mad about, about the cheating and et cetera. Well, okay. I mean, I struggled over that for a while. I mean, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that. But Anyways, I finally got to the point. Hallelujah. The Lord helped me because, I mean, the Lord kept saying, I want you to forgive this guy. I finally got to the point where I released it to the Lord. And uh, uh, I won't go into all the details, but sometime later, let's see, when was that? That was probably, uh, let's see, dun, 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 that might have been a year and a half, maybe close to two years later. I'm telling you, recompense came to me. I mean, what cost me, you know, somewhere between fifteen, twenty thousand dollars maybe, what what I thought that I was cheated out of, and, and I was, but when I released it to the Lord, he was able to go to work on my behalf. And about two years later, 
uh, the Lord blessed us with, I mean, multifold times more than what it had cost me in this situation. And the Lord showed me that he connected that. He said, if you hadn't have forgiven that situation here, he said, I couldn't have worked this situation out here. And I'm telling you, this this, this other situation, <laughs> I mean, far surpassed the troubles that I went through in that first one. But the Lord was showing me that uh, justice is on his heart. Vengeance is his. He is righteous in that. He is true. He is just in that. And in this personal situation, uh, and this was, you know, this was probably one of the biggest, bigger situations that I've had to navigate because of just the outright lies to my face, you know, that, and people struggle with that. Like, that's a real thing. I'm not saying that was easy, but I'm saying when I finally got to that place of God, I release this guy. I mean, I forgive him. I just release this to you. I am not going to keep this in my heart. I'm not going to be bitter over this. I, I'm not going to hold un, unforgiveness towards this guy. When I think of this guy, I'm not going to associate him with being a cheater, right? I mean, that's true f- release. And uh, now it doesn't mean, you know, that there's not some wisdom in navigating, you know, uh, dynamics with this person, but, but I released it to the Lord. And about two Two years later, he showed me how he was able to work this situation because vengeance is close to his heart. Now, let's give a definition really quick here. What is vengeance? Vengeance has nothing, zero, absolutely zero, nothing. Vengeance has nothing to do with hate or resentment. You have to disconnect that. God is love. He is not hate. He is not a God of hate. He is a God of love. Vengeance has nothing to do with hatred. Vengeance has nothing to do with resentment. It has everything to do with the love of justice. Vengeance has everything to do with the love of justice. In Isaiah 61, verse 2, it says this, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance. That's translated various places as justice, the day of justice, the day of recompense. It's also known as the day of restoration. And it says this, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, who is the judge, and to comfort all who mourn. Verse 3 says, to console those who mourn in Zion. Verse 8, watch this, Isaiah 61, 8. For I, the Lord, love justice. He loves justice. So vengeance has nothing to do with hate, nothing to do with resentment. Vengeance has nothing to do with unforgiveness. It has nothing to do uh, with bitterness. Vengeance has everything to do with the love of justice. Again, the technical definition is affliction upon another proceeding from the love of justice, meaning something uh, is enacted towards a perpetrator that is not rooted in resentment, unforgiveness, or bitterness, but rather rooted in the love of justice. Vengeance means just retribution. Vengeance means just or true punishment. Um, Vengeance, it's actions uh, that are reserved for those who arbitrary, who who are arbitrary to correction or adjustment. What is vengeance? Actions reserved for those who are arbitrary to correction or adjustment. You know, some people just won't yield. Some just won't obey. 
uh, I yield. Come on, somebody. I obey. You know, the Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Well, what's on the other side of that? If you're obstinate, if you're resistant to correction, uh, the Bible calls you a fool. If you do not respond to instruction, the Bible calls you a fool. Some of these people, they're so hard-headed. They're so hard-hearted. They resist. They resist. They fight. They resist. You ever, you ever uh, known a situation like that? It just seems like there's so much hate that they just continue to perpetrate evil and do evil in the sight of the Lord and resist him and resist wisdom and resist counsel. Well, there's something, there's actions that are reserved for these types of situations and people, and that's called vengeance. It has nothing to do with hatred. God loves everybody, but not everybody is yielded to the Lord. And when he says, these are the laws that make up the universe, these are the laws that make up the natural realm, and somebody refuses to uh, work within the confines of those laws, there is something that will meet them that will actually enforce the law. And part of that is called vengeance. Again, actions reserved for those who are arbitrary to correction or adjustment. Notice this last definition here. Vengeance is humiliation on a person by another who's been harmed by that person. Wow. Now, again, the Bible strictly warns us, you're not trying to figure this out in your own strength. But what the Lord will do is he'll get involved because he loves justice. If you've been wronged, if if somebody has abused you, has perpetrated evil against you, the Bible says this, if you will, obey the command of love and say, I forgive you, then what that does is it opens up now a court case on your behalf to where God can come in and get involved. Jesus, your mediator, can get involved in this situation. Remember Deuteronomy 30, 19, he said, I call heaven and earth as a witness against you this day. Listen, it's kind of like a judicial system here. That's some of the metaphor. That's some of the imagery. And if you will obey the command of love, you will be found uh, in a favorable position, favorable position, when God begins to review the situation and the circumstances surrounding the evil that was done to you. And if you are found to have released this person in the natural, meaning you're not trying to figure out in your own strength how to get your stuff back, how to get this taken care of, how to have justice met out, if you'll turn that over to the Lord, he will do it. Listen, friends, I know this is tough. I know this is tough. Um, but but if you will trust the word of the Lord on this, I'm telling you, you will free up the Lord to get involved on your behalf. And uh, he will because he loves justice. Okay. Deuteronomy 32, 43 says, Rejoice, Gentiles, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and render vengeance to his adversaries. He will provide atonement for the land and his people. Zechariah 2.8 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, He sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Now, specifically, uh, ultimately, contextually, he's talking about the evil that's been done to his covenant people in the Old Testament, specifically that was uh, uh, the household of faith, that would have been his, the, the um, uh, Abraham, 
Isaac, Jacob, that would be referring to the earthly Jews. He says, if you touch them, he said, it's like you jabbing, you know, a stick in the apple of my eye. He said, my eye is upon these people. And if you do them any kind of injustice, the Lord is promising he will repay. Now, because we've been engrafted in uh, the gospel of being invited to become the bride and the body and the temple of, of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, because we've been engrafted into that, we come in un, under that overall covenantal heading that God will mete out justice to anybody who wrongs his people. Now, this is what he tells his people, though. If you take justice into your own hands, he says, I can't do anything for you. If you meet out to them in your own strength, in your own comprehension of the situation, if you meet out to them evil, if you repay evil for evil, he said, there's nothing I can do for you. But he says this, if you will repay evil with goodness, he says, then you open the door for me to get involved and I can demonstrate my wrath in this situation. You and I can't do that. You and I cannot mete out wrath and do it righteously. You and I cannot mete out vengeance in our own strength, in our own understanding, and do it righteously. You and I are going to get over into temptation, into hatred, into murder. Come on. We let that hatred, if you let that hate, hatred fester, uh, he, he already calls us a murderer if we have hatred in our heart. Remember, that was part of the New Testament requirements. Uh, he says, I'm going to put my, my love in your heart. And he says, if I find hatred in your heart, he said, you're a murderer. You're an automatic judged murderer. If you let that hatred stew, you know what I mean? Uh, cook, marinate in your heart. I'm telling you, it could cause you. It will at least tempt you to do something. That hatred will lead you, tempt you to snuff the life out of this person. He says, listen, if, if, if that's what's going on in your heart, he said, I can't get involved in your situation. Now, if you forgive this person, it just swings the door open to him to get, get involved. Then he can begin to execute righteous justice and judgment, even wrath, in this situation. Somebody's wronged you, cheated you. Did somebody lie to you? I mean, how many years have you stewed on that? Have you festered over that? How many years have been taken off of your life because of bitterness and offense because somebody messed, messed you over? And all these years, God could have been doing something on your behalf, but hasn't even begun to take your case on because you still have offense, unforgiveness toward, uh, in your heart towards that person. Listen, bitterness will uh, take the life out of you. Bitterness will open up a door to sickness in your physical body. Somebody did you wrong. Somebody treated you wrong. Somebody lied about you. Somebody cheated you. Somebody deceived you. Maybe somebody abused you. We're not diminishing the reality of these situations, but do you want justice? Do you want uh, uh, to be, you know, to for the situation, uh, for there to be recompense? Do you want retribution? Do you want somebody to hear your case? Do you want somebody to make this this wrong right on your behalf? I mean, you've been suffering all these years. Uh, you know, uh, the turmoil, the nightmares, the physical issues, the digestive issues. You can't sleep. You can't eat. You got stuff in your physical body. Are you on medications? I mean, what's going on in your physical body? 
Is it connected to the situation five years ago, 10 years ago, 25 years ago, 50 years ago? Well, you want the Lord to get involved? You're mad at God because you don't seem like, you know, nobody's taking your case on. God says, I can't because you have unforgiveness in your heart. And listen, this unforgiveness and bitterness towards the situation. Yeah, we're not diminishing what was done to you. But we're, we're talking about the biblical way for justice to be served on your behalf. And he hinges it on a New Testament commandment that you have to forgive them. If you will forgive them, boom, he'll take your case on. If you'll release it to the Lord, boom, a door will be opened and he can get involved and he begin and he can begin to sort out the mess. But if you hold um, this, uh, uh, you know, this sense of justice in your own heart, you think you hating on them, cursing them, cussing them, avoiding them, uh, ignoring them, telling everybody in the world how stupid they are, how wrong they were. You know, you've got your story on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. But, but if you've got unforgiveness and that story is on repeat, it's like you're poisoning your entire body every time you think about it. Every time you think about it, you're releasing poison into your own body and still no justice is being served for what was done wrong to you. Still, God is not involved in your situation. He cannot um, bring about justice. He cannot bring about judgment. He cannot bring about recompense. He cannot bring about retribution. He cannot bring repayment. He cannot restore what the locust has stolen as long as you are continuing to just tear that person down in your heart, tear that person down in your thinking, gossip and slander them to anybody and everybody who will listen to you on all these social sites, all these things. You've got your story. It's like you are a toss. You are toxic. Yes, something was done wrong to you. There was a wound perpetrated on you, but you have refused the healing of the Lord. And listen, you have refused him access to bring about the justice you say you desire in the situation. I know that's a hard pill to swallow, friends. And I know it's kind of like, why am I the blame? I'm the one that wrong was done to. Well, he said this. This is how I'm going to set up my justice system. You forgive, and I'll get involved in your situation. You release it to me, and he said, I'll sort through this. Listen, you're, you and I, when we're done wrong, we're not capable of sorting through the mess. Hallelujah. And I'm not even talking about that there may be some appropriate a natural legal recourse, okay? Uh, but see, you can go through the motions in the natural and still you might get a little bit of justice from our judicial system here through like a civil suit or something. You may get a little bit of justice, but I'm telling you, if you hold unforgiveness in your heart towards the situation, you'll never get God's involvement. You, you might get man's involvement, but you won't have God's involvement. And I'm telling you what you really want What you really want, what we really need, is God's involvement in the situation. Again, you might get a few dollars through a civil lawsuit, but you will never have the full and complete recompense unless you do what's required to get God involved in your situation. Zechariah 2.8 in the Living Bible says, The Lord God of glory has sent me against the nations that oppress you. For he who harms you sticks his finger in Jehovah's eye. Now, I'm talking about covenant people here. Sometimes 
brothers and sisters. I'm talking about like spiritual brothers and sisters, maybe natural brothers and sisters, moms and dads and the children, et cetera, neighbors, coworkers, you know, whatever, you know, some, sometimes even within the family, family of God, we're doing things to one another that are not right. Uh, whether it was intentional or accidental or whatever, whether it was actual or perceived, sometimes we perceive injustice and it wasn't actual. And, you know, by that point, we're so used to fuming and foaming and spitting and cussing that we never even approached the person and said, Hey, this is what I heard. Is that what you meant? I mean, that would have solved a lot of problems right there. And usually people that are on like this, um, like they're addicted to offense. (laughs) I mean, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen, but it's like they thrive on poisoning themselves with offense. It's like they're addicted to the self-inflicting wounds of holding on to offense. And rather than saying, hey, is this what you meant? Or this is what I perceived, or this is what I thought, or this is what I heard. Is that what you meant? Did you mean to do that? And, you know, and somebody says, no, I didn't mean to do that. And you're, oh man, wow, man, I wish I would have asked you 10 years ago. You know, now, now, now I've got this sickness in my body because of unforgiveness, because I've just, I've just had that on repeat, how they did me wrong, 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 how they did me wrong. They didn't talk to me when I walked by them. You know, they owed me five bucks, you know. Uh, I bought their meal and they never took me out to lunch. Hallelujah. We had a family leave the church one time because they took us out to lunch. And I guess we never reciprocated and never took them out to lunch. And I'm telling you, that just, they fumed over that. They were so furious over that. I was like, man, I didn't even know. I had no idea. It wasn't personal. Hallelujah. You know, I didn't know we were playing scratch backs. You know what I mean? I didn't know that you didn't actually intend to bless me with no strings attached. I didn't know you had chains on me. Okay. I didn't know I had to reciprocate that. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, it, it, it just, it caused them to go septic. You know what I mean? It, it was like on the inside, like their spleen ruptured and they just were poisoned to death because uh, they, they held on to something and we didn't even intentionally mean to ignore them. You know what I mean? But, you know, it was like people go around and they look for this stuff. I'm telling you, friends, how psychotic. I mean, no, I mean, what? Well, that, that's, that, that's craziness. And it's, it's devilish. It's antichrist. He says, forgive. He says, release. He said, I love justice. But if you don't release these folks, I cannot get involved in your situation. And so people are literally, they're, they're, they're taking the weight of these injustices into their physical bodies, let alone the delusion uh, that they're they're suffering in, Be- because this this story of offense is repeating, 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 repeating. It's a crazy cycle, friends. The easy to read version of Zechariah two eight says this: The Lord sent me to the nations that took away your wealth. He sent me to bring you honor, and this is what the Lord All Powerful said. If anyone even touches you, it is as if they did it to the pupil of my eye. Hallelujah. Wow. Are you getting a picture here, friends, that God loves justice? Vengeance is his. It's his. He owns it. He demonstrates it. He wants to prove it. Here's what he asks you, though. You have to forgive. You have to release you have to let go. You have to say, 
I'm turning this over to the Lord. And I'm no longer going to be messed up over this. I'm not losing any more sleep over this situation. Listen, I've been in this, and I don't know how many times. And, man, I have fumed over stuff. I mean, I have been so, uh, you know, hurt, really, over situations. But I'm telling you, you know what hurts worse in the long run? Not letting that stuff go. I mean, wow. Nothing I could do. Nothing I could do. I mean, I've thought about, you know, you know, doing something. But that what would that do? It would get me in more trouble. And But what, what does that do to your physical body? Uh, I'm telling you, if you were honest, you would realize that there's some physical conditions uh, that you maybe or somebody you know, physical conditions that they're dealing with that are directly related to this sense of bitterness, hatred, and, 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 and at the same time, they, they are crying out for justice because they may have legitimately be, been wronged. But the poison they're living in, you know, somebody said this, unforgiveness is like you drinking poison, uh, drinking poison, hoping it will kill the perpetrator. Like how, you know what I mean? It's like dirt to dirt. How stupid is that? But you and I fall into that temptation all the time because something in us desires that there would be justice done that this wrong would be made right. But yet, if we don't trust the Lord, that number one, he loves justice. He's not a cheater. He's not a liar. He's the righteous judge. He's the judge of all things. And, and But yet, if we don't trust that he's going to do the right thing in this situation, he's going to weigh hearts. He's going to sort through the mess. He can see things you and I can't see. He's looking at motive. He's looking at intention. He's looking at all the details. He's sorting through all the, all the details. But but if we forget that he will watch out for us and take care of us because he said he would, if we mistrust that, then the temptation is for you and I to try and get involved and to sort this out that, that makes us happy. But usually that will wind up getting us in more trouble. We don't want to do that, friends. You don't, you don't want to do that. Listen, again, I, I mean, I know I'm on repeat, but I think we need to say this over and over and over because, dude, this is at epidemic levels even in the church. And you and I are living in times right now where it seems like there's all this evil being done. And, and you want to look and go, is anybody doing anything? Is anybody doing anything? Like, are, are these people just getting away with this stuff? Like, totally scot-free? I mean, is there any um, justice at all? And I know when you look at what's going on in the nation and stuff and around the world, you, you can start getting mad. You can start getting bitter over this. You, 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 you start getting afraid. Like there's, is there any justice? There's no justice. You start worrying about yourself. You start worrying about your family. You're not supposed to worry anyways, but, but the temptation to get anxious about it, like what's going to happen to me? You know, if you let your imagination run, you, know, you start getting afraid, you start getting scared. You start worrying about what's, you know, what about this? What about that? You start getting anxious about what about this? What about that? What if this happens to me? Is anybody going to, you know, is, is anybody watch out for me? Is any, is there going to be any justice for my family? I'm telling you, it's a trap. It's a trap. Yes, there's going to be justice. Yes, he said so. He said so. Why is there going to be justice? Because the Lord said so. He said that he would enact vengeance. All right, what's the requirements? You, you cannot harbor bitterness. You cannot uh, 
lose your natural affection, meaning you cannot allow your tenderness. You can't allow your heart to become hardened. You cannot allow a compassion to just dry up in you. Um, <clears throat> now, that doesn't mean that you are condoning. See, this is the other side or part of the other side. Some people say, well, I don't want it to make it look like I'm condoning it. You're not condoning it. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you agree with what they did. Uh, forgiveness does not condone the evil or the wrong or the abuse or whatever. But what forgiveness does is it sets you free from the toxicity of the situation. It brings you out from being an object of wrath, okay? And, and it, it, it moves you. Uh, forgiveness, release, forgiveness removes you from the situation into which, come on, wrath is going to be poured out. And if you're all mixed up in there too with your attitude, your hatred, your bitterness, your unforgiveness, your cussing, you know, your incessant just tearing down slander because you think that's doing something for you. If, if you're wrapped up in that too, then you may bring judgment on yourself. You may open up the door to the enemy. You may open up the door to sickness. You don't want that. You don't want to have to look back later and say, man, this evil was done to me. And then because I couldn't let it go, I opened up the door to sickness, disease, uh, autoimmune cancers, uh, uh, dementias, whatever. You, you don't want to open the door to, to that. You know, uh, you know, organ failure, uh, you, things like um, uh, uh, arthritis, you know, things where your muscles shut down. You, you don't want to open up the door to that because you've been meditating on poison. He said, forgive. Don't take justice into your own hands. But you have to trust, friends. He's going to do something for you. Oh, he's going to. Listen, if you get cussed out, smile. Why does some of this stuff bother us so? Well, it's because we feel like if we don't do something, no one else is. But that's not true, is it? God said he would do, do something. If we would obey the command of love, he said he would get involved. Now, things that are going on in our nation, there is some evil being perpetrated. It seems like there's cheating, there's lying, there's deceiving. It seems like they're doing funny stuff here, funny stuff there. You, you, you're, you're concerned about, hey, what's, what's the outcome of this? What's the outcome of that? I mean, there's, there's, there's people that are doing stupid stuff, crazy stuff, taking other people's lives. I mean, there's vandalism, rioting, looting, burning cities down. Is there any justice? Is anybody going to do anything? Well, this is where you and I have to trust in his word. Because if we take uh, the law into our own hands in certain instances, um, and I'm talking about on a heart level, okay, it's totally appropriate. You know, you have your personal property, you have, you have your family. Listen, we just don't allow somebody to walk, walk up in here and take advantage of us. But I'm saying if some evil is perpetrated to you, what's your first response? Your first response is to, is to not start hating them. Okay. The first response is to not mete out a murderous attitude you know, or a spirit or a concept or even an, an imagination. You break the law then. Okay. And so you're just as guilty as the other party. Our first response is, in the name of Jesus, I love you and I forgive you. And it may take every ounce of strength in you to get those words out of your mouth. But I'm telling you, you know, after appropriately defending your, yourself, somebody comes at you, they're trying to perpetrate something on you, you're totally within your means to defend yourself. That's, that's 
I'm not, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about what's coming out of your heart in response to this evil that's done to you. Um, that's where God says, if you don't walk according to the law of love, I'm not able to get involved in your situation. And how much of the church right now, how many believers, how, how, how many covenant people are, you know, are being affected by evil ideas, evil imaginations, evil concepts, overreaches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fine. There's some appropriate things we can do in the natural, but I'm talking about what's the response of our heart. Again, to forgive somebody does not condone the evil. And you can forgive somebody and then put up appropriate boundaries and protections uh, to move in appropriate um, considerations, uh, actions, set up appropriate uh, guidelines, protocols, etc. But but is that done from a pure heart or is it done from a poisonous heart? I'm telling you, the Lord can't get involved if poison is spewing out of our heart. You know, so if someone cusses you out, smile, bless them. Hallelujah. Why cuss back at them? Listen, the world does this stuff. People that have hatred in their heart could care less about how they respond. That's not us. No, the Lord's the, the Lord's holding us accountable to the law of love. And when something's done wrong to you, we're to bless them and trust that, God, I'm going to turn this situation over to you. Listen, somebody takes something from you. God's, God's not just going, not a big deal. No, no, no. He's watching this. But if you don't release, forgive, bless, uh, remember what he said? He said, uh, um, you know, when somebody despitefully uses you, what do you do? You bless them. You pray for them. What do you say? Pray for your enemies. Hallelujah. Pray for your enemies. How much prayer have you done? You're not telling me you don't have any enemies because you haven't been praying. Listen, you, you should have plenty to be praying about. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, the world calls um, believers. You know, Jesus said they're going to hate you. They're going to mock you. They're going to persecute you. He said, you're going to have tribulations. You're going to go through difficult times. Why? Because they hate you. The world hates you. Antichrist hates you. The enemy hates you. And they're looking for ways to spit on you, use you, steal from you, cheat you, uh, abuse you. Yeah, all the time, all the time. What did Jesus say? He said, pray for them. Bless them. Why? Why did he say that? Why did he say pray for them? Why did he say bless them? Why did he say forgive them? Because it opens up a door to him to execute justice, vengeance, and recompense, friends. Hallelujah. Let the Lord do it. If somebody robs you, sow it to them. Sow it to them. Hallelujah. If you get wrongly fired, <laughs> you've been wrongly treated, you've been wrongly fired, wrongly let go, whatever, what do you do? Sing a song of joy and praise. As you walk out, bless the business and the owners. Why do you feel like you have to have the last word? Does it, it's, it's because you're afraid that nobody's going to get involved in this injustice. That's why you retaliate in your own strength with some remark, some stupid word come out of your mouth. Don't do that. You don't have to have the last word. Let God have the last word. If you'll bless, somebody does you wrong. Yeah, they fired you for no reason. What do you do? Say, man, I bless you. Hallelujah. I pray this business prospers in the name of Jesus. <laughs> right? <clears throat> you say, well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, then God won't get involved in your situation. That's just all there is to it. And uh, you may have truly been done wrong, but if you don't do what the Lord says do in response to that situation, he's not getting involved 
in your case. And so how do, uh, how do you feel about that? I would want God to get involved in my situation. We say, well, I don't want to go back to work there anyways. It doesn't mean he's going to cause you to go back to work there. But you could be wrongly fired in this situation here. And God's justice would be to give you a business over here. But if you don't forgive and release, then you tie his hands. You keep him, come on, from blessing you. Listen, God can turn around stuff. Again, in my situation, something that cost me between fifteen dollars and $20,000, I got, I mean, 10 times that, 12 times that, multifold times that, because God worked another situation out. And he told me, if you hadn't released here, I couldn't have done this here. I was way better off in his judicial system than trying to do it my own way. Oh, hallelujah. What do you do if someone uses you and cheats you? You bless them. Again, if you're being physically abused, we're not saying you stay in that situation. But in your heart, in your heart, if somebody's beaten up on you, call the police. Get somebody to, to help defend yourself. We're not saying that you just don't do anything at all. In your heart, what's going on in your heart? What's going on in your heart? Is there hatred in your heart? Is there unforgiveness in your heart? Is there bitterness in your heart? Are you wanting to do the same to them as they did to you? What justice is that? Are you wanting somebody else to come in and totally abuse them the way they abused you? No, let God into the situation. Let God deal with the heart. Hallelujah. Notice what he said this. He said, if your enemy's hungry, what do you do? You feed them. That's the Bible, friends. Hallelujah. That's the Bible. What is that? That's Romans 12, verse 20. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, what do you do? Give him a cup of sand? No. Jesus, 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 Jesus said, give him a drink. For in doing so, watch this, you will heap coals of fire on his head. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you. You know what the ultimate justice is for somebody that just perpetrates evil? Is that they'd get born again. That they would totally be changed. Hallelujah. You know, and they'd stand, you know, I'm and you know, we're 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 thinking maybe on a national level, some of these, I mean, just straight up foul people. You know what would be awesome? You know what would be absolutely awesome if they got born again. I mean, truly born again. But listen, we've become so cynical. We become so sarcastic. We become so hateful that it's almost a stretch for us to even imagine them getting saved. I mean, we just want death. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? You ever thought about that person? You ever, you, ever, you ever thought that, you know, that situation, that leader, that national whoever, that famous so-and-so, whatever? And can you even, can, is it even, like, are you so offended you cannot even imagine. You can't even pray that God rescue them. God save them. Or we just want, eh, get them off. Get them out of here. Get them out. out. See ya. See ya. I mean, the reality is if they continue to resist against the Lord, judgment, justice, recompense will come to them. But there's a, there's a moment right now. There's an opportunity right now for many, oh, many, to come to the knowledge of the error of their ways and repent. Really, you know, when I've thought about some situations, I've had such hatred in my heart. Wow. You know, and it's, a, it, it's an everyday thing. When you think about certain things, 
you know, when when the memory of a situation comes up, and the and the and the accuser of the brethren, the enemy want, want wants to come in and, and help you rehash that whole thing, we say no, 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 that's been dealt with. The Lord's dealing with it. I believe for my justice. I believe for uh, recompense. I believe for retribution in the situation. I've turned that over to the hands of the Lord. Devil, you're not going to tempt me to bring it back into my own hands, to bring it back into my own heart and get me in trouble. Hallelujah. No, no, I'm going to stay clean. I'm going to stay pure. I'm going to pray that they get born again if that's appropriate. I'm going to pray that they totally uh, are granted repentance. Remember that? That's in Timothy. Pray that they're granted repentance. Why? Because just just like you and I, if we've changed, we d- we've done stupid stuff, but suddenly we're like, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be free from that bondage. I don't want to be a slave to sin. I want to be a slave to Jesus, a slave of righteousness. We can pray, Lord, bring them out. Change their mind. Hallelujah. May they have a 180 degree. May they have a total mind change. Father, may their May, may they be transformed, transfigured. May, may they never be the same person again. Father, may they never yield to that sin, that sick sin. May they be truly delivered. Hallelujah. Now the Lord will follow through. And he says, anybody who does not accept Jesus Christ, they're condemned already. Listen, we were all condemned already. And whatever we did, whatever evil we perpetrated, we were already condemned the life of Jesus. I mean, we reached out, we clung on, we hung on, we uh, clung to that word, and we we were born again, friends. And this is what he's saying. He said, watch what's going on in your heart. Watch what's going on in your heart. If, if you're wishing total annihilation on somebody, then we may not have turned the situation over to the Lord yet. Again, we are not diminishing uh, abuses. Listen, if you're in an abusive situation right now, I'm, and you know, I'm talking like if you're in a physical, f- physically or sexually abusive situation, somebody's beating up on you, they're taking advantage of you. I mean, there there's some crazy things going on. Listen, you don't have to just stay in that situation. You need to get to a place of safety. There may need to be some changes, some immediate changes. There needs to be some accountability brought into this situation. You may need to call for some help. Uh, you may even need to call the police, say. So nobody is saying, don't defend yourself in that sense. But what's going on in your heart? That's what we're really talking about here. Don't allow yourself to think that you have it within your capabilities to enact the justice that really needs to be served in this situation. God has that. God wants to do that. God says, turn it to me and I will do that. Hallelujah. And it'll come back around. Oh, we pray it'll come back around. Now, listen, maybe this person refuses God even. But I'm telling you, God will watch over your situation. He'll bring healing to you. Uh, The angels will come and minister to you. Whatever. Remember the woman who gave all of her money to doctors? He never blamed doctors for not being able to help. But in her healing process, he said, woman, your faith has made you whole. So not only did she have physical healing, he restored her physically. Then the... Uh, the concept here is that all the finances that were lost in this situation and that she got no help, all that would come back to her as well. Listen, God will deal with this person over here. And we, we pray that they would yield to the Lord and they themselves would be transformed, transfigured, that they would come to a saving knowledge. But if they don't, 
you still release it to the Lord. What he'll do is he'll bring healing to you. He'll bring recompense to you. Maybe there's no reconciliation here. Well, that's between them and the Lord at that point. But if you release that situation to him, then I'm telling you, he's going to bring total recompense, total restoration. He will protect you. He will restore you. He will repay you. He will get to you what uh, the locusts have eaten, destroyed with the canker worm, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He will rebuild your life. And I'm telling you, you go free because you don't have all that poison in your system anymore. Hallelujah, friends. Oh, we thank Jesus for it. Listen, I hope you heard something. I hope you heard something. Listen, you and I are going to have to get good at this, friends. There's some crazy stuff going on out here in, in, in this world. Don't let it get to the inside. Hallelujah. Listen, you're, you're walking down the road. Somebody shoves you. What are you going to do? You're going to shove them back? No, you're going to be quick to release. We're not saying that that person doesn't, you know, you know maybe there's some accountability and he's coming to that situation here. But we're saying in your heart, though, you're not going to go off the, you know, you're not going to fly off the handle, get enraged, start cussing and spitting and having a, a fit because somebody did you wrong. You're going to release them in the name of Jesus. And you say, thank you, Father, according to your word. Uh, you said, if I would forgive, if I would turn this over to you, you would get involved. And I'm telling you, friends, you just go on knowing justice has been served on your behalf. Oh, thank you, Father, for it. I get it. You say, oh, but that's easier said than done, Justin. You don't know what's happened to me. Well, God does. Sure, I don't know everything that's happened to you. But I'm telling you, unless you turn it over to him, friends, you're going to live in the torment of that situation for the rest of your life. You got to get it over to him. Get it out of your heart. Get it out of your imagination. Stop making yourself sick with that thing being on repeat. Get it over to him where healing can come to you. If we can help you, by agreeing with you in prayer, it would be our honor to do so. Give us a call, 870-741-9099, or send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv, and uh, one of our prayer partners will reach out to you, and we'll join together with you. Maybe maybe you've got a situation that you need to turn over to the Lord. Maybe you need somebody to just walk you through releasing the situation over to Jesus. Well, we can help you with that, friends. Hallelujah. Or maybe there's somebody close by you as well that you could reach out to and get some help. Get some help, friends. Hallelujah. Let's get clean on the inside. And let's see the Lord execute justice on our behalf. Hey, I want to say thank you to all of our prayer partners, those who are praying for us, our ministry, the podcast, and also those of you who are financially contributing to the success of this podcast. Hallelujah. Because of contributors just like you, partners just like you, this podcast is getting out into the nations. I say thank you. Well, I think that'll wrap it up today. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, my friends, be blessed.